All right, so if you didn't know, today's Mother's Day. Um, and I, I kind of had a visceral reaction to preparing a Mother's Day sermon, um, as I do every year when it comes to Mother's Day. Um, or I have to sit in a Mother's Day setting in a church where it's the one time out of the year a woman is asked to preach, uh, or Proverbs 31 is read. Uh, as a checklist of all the things that women can either be proud of or discouraged by. And basically, at the end of the day, uh, for men and for women on Mother's Day, the overall message is try harder. Uh, try harder to be a better mom. Husbands try better to be a better spouse. Spouses try to be better spouses in general. So um, I kind of got thinking about this and... I think one of the problems that we have is that Mother's Day has become more of a hallmark holiday than what it was intent and originally created to be. So I don't know if you guys know the story of Mother's Day or not. Does anybody know the story of Mother's Day? It actually is a good thing. So the woman who wrote the song, the uh, Battle Hymn of the Republic, she actually wrote a, a poem uh, or another song. I'm not sure if it was a song or a poem uh, that I would argue kind of echoes more of like what Mary is saying. So one of the things we miss when we read the Magnificat, Magnificat is that Mary is, is pleading and expressing for equality and inclusion and the bringing down of the power that oppresses. Like if you read through that passage, she talks about the rich being brought down, the hungry being fed. And her argument is that in some way she knows that this child in her womb is going to break the power structures uh, of the world, right? And so this is her prayer. This is her blessing, right? It's, and I get that we want to have Mary, uh, usually very pale, uh, and meek and mild with the baby Jesus, but her prayer is a gutsy and strong and powerful prayer of God telling God and asking God and imagining that in some way she is about to participate in the destruction of the power structures that continue to oppress not just women, but others as well. And I, would, I want you guys to hear, Tana, are you willing to read that now? Um, I want you guys to hear the, uh, the, the writing by Julia Ward Howe, who is the originator of Mother's Day. Uh, and this poem was written, or th these words were written in 1870. Uh, Mother's Day wasn't officially proclaimed as a nationally recognized holiday till 1914 by Woodrow Wilson. Um, but, uh, and, and in case you were wondering, Father's Day didn't come around till 1970s, okay? Uh, because I would argue in a lot of ways, Father's Day uh, is more of a Hallmark type holiday, where Mother's Day was something that was created out of something pretty powerful. So Tana, would you, um, do you mind coming up here to read it? Just near those chairs. <clears throat> oh. 
Arise, all women who have hearts, whether your baptism be that of water or of tears. Stay firmly. We will not have great questions decided by irrelevant agencies. Our husbands shall not come to us reeking with carnage for caresses and applause. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy, and patience. We women of one country will be too tender of those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the bosom of the devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe out dishonor, nor violence indicate possession. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of counsel. Let them meet first as women to bewail and commemorate the dead. Let them then solemnly take counsel with each other as to the means whereby the great human family can live in peace, each learning after his own time the sacred impress, not of Caesar, but of God. In the name of womanhood and of humanity, I earnestly ask that a general congress of women without limit of nationality may be appointed and held at some place deemed most convenient and at the earliest period consistent with its objects to promote the alliance of the different nationalities, the amicable settlement of international questions, the great and general interests of peace. Thank you. So, that's, that's going to be posted on our Facebook page, that, that uh, thing. Um, I'd encourage you to share it because for the most part, all I've seen today on Facebook is, thanks, moms. And though I think there's a place for that, and I think it's important to recognize the, the role that women play in our households and in our communities, um, I think it's somewhat a shame that we've minimized Mother's Day uh, to just that as opposed to recognizing the power, the strength, the courage, the audacity of how in 1870 to say, we need to have a national day where women rise up and women have a voice in changing the world, women have a voice in, in bringing down tyranny. It's the same prayer to me that Mary's praying or that Hannah prays in 1 Samuel. Right, First Samuel 2.10 is almost echoed, is Mary's uh, Magnificat, is almost uh, copyright infringement of that prayer in First Samuel. And so as much as I don't want to diminish brunches for Mother's Day, and I don't want to diminish big hats for Mother's Day, I also want to recognize that for the women in our community, the women in our church, the women in our neighborhoods, Mother's Day is about empowering and is about demonstrating the strength that you have as a woman, the strength that you have in our community, the power that you bring. Let me tell you, I, I was kind of writing in a stream of consciousness. I sent this to Tally and I sent this to Tana. I, I'm just gonna read it because I think for me, what we've changed Mother's Day to, right? When, when the telephone companies started, right? And florists started being able to call and give special offers, telemarketing began. Um, that's when Mother's Day switched to flowers and cheesecake and uh, brunches as opposed to a call to power and strength and uh, courage together. So let me, let me read to you because I think the church 
tends to cling to the brunch mindset as opposed to, I, I'm just keep saying brunch because it's too late in the day for anyone here to go to brunch. So that way I know you're not going to brunch. I'm offending you right now. Unless you went to brunch yesterday, then maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, but it's a normal thing in our family. So let me read this to you. Um, these are my thoughts about the, the danger and the problem with the way that we do Mother's Day in the church. Mother's Day in a church setting helps to maintain a somewhat dangerous perspective of the ultimate role of women. Throughout history and given a nod in scripture, birthing children is what's valued. This is what the church does when it celebrates Mother's Day in the way that it has. This might be seen even more fully in settings where women are to be submissive to husbands. A woman may not be able to teach in church, lead men, or hold any positions of power over men in churches, which goes exactly against Howe's statements. But they can have children, and therefore their value becomes reduced to sex and procreation, while men enjoy the benefits of all the power above without the need to birth children. These views are what we've built a culture of rape upon, how we've gotten away with paying women less, how we question women who work outside the home. The church leads in these dastardly deeds by reducing Mother's Day to brunches. Why do you think conservative churches teach against and vote against women's reproductive health care? Because women are for birthing. Women are for Mother's Day. What are your thoughts? Um, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, actually, we had a really good discussion yesterday about how interesting it is if you go on certain websites and advertise like different Mother's Day have to do with things for children, and then gifts for fathers, they have to do with things that the father likes separate from children. Right, Father's Day is low attendance in church because fathers want to go golfing. Mother's Day tends to be more uh, busy in churches because mothers want their families to come with them yes. to church. So it's just, it's really interesting to me how, um, as a society, um, when it comes to these two days, like the, there's like a gender gap. And um, mothers, like, and I think things are done somewhat innocently which doesn't mean there isn't room for learning. Um, Mother's Day gifts are, are things that keep, are to keep remi reminding women that your job is just what you talked about. Like, they're, people say on Mother's Day they support mothers and women, but I don't feel the rest of the year there's that consideration on how do we support women and what do women want to be supported with. It's just all suit. Yeah, I mean, it's you know I mean? Like, marketing is has led the led the carriage. I mean, it's also assumed men want to go golfing on Father's Day. Right, and I know lots of men who hate golfing. Right. So I, I think it's very really interesting how our society has become those two days and advertised and created this. Um, expectation that that's the social norm when you start talking to people that's not how it's, you know, it's just very interesting. any other thoughts
I don't know. I don't really blame. I don't really blame the advertising or the machine for it necessarily. Only because I think they they they'll do what sells. So if um, if women didn't want flowers and if men didn't want to play golf, and I'm not saying every single man wants to play golf and not every woman wants flowers, but obviously a lot of people are buying flowers. But what do you think the impact is of raising young girls from the moment that they can talk that flowers are the epitome of admiration? That that's what they're taught from a very early age. Someone gives you flowers, it's it's the biggest praise. So maybe advertising isn't directly affecting, but advertising affects us as adults, and then we raise our children with these expectations. Yeah, I think what happens with the flower thing because I'll admit I love flowers. It's my favorite thing to receive. It's okay to love flowers. Um, but what happens is it's almost like you created this admiration gift where you can treat women however you want, but it's okay because you'll give them flowers and say they're wonderful, but you won't do it the rest of the year. And it's and if you do, people will assume that you did something wrong. Exactly. And I'm like, that's that's so wrong in so many levels. Like, I, I it's just very frustrating for me, like, that you can create this gift of adornment and do anything wrong and not change your behavior and then give the gift and like expect it to be okay. Like if there's something wrong with Mother's Day with the expectation of remembering like um, my grandmothers and what my mother went through that they would work themselves to raising their family and they would get one day of a year and the rest be adored. Like that's just like why even bother? What do you guys think about, let me, let me maybe reframe the question. What do you think about the fact that Mother's Day began as a revolutionary, huge thing about the power that women have and has been reduced to us debating whether or not flowers are appropriate? Right. That's way more offensive to me. Because you can give flowers and also still acknowledge the original intent of Mother's Day. You can give all those gifts, that's fine. But, but, but that, that I didn't even know that makes me sad. Right? I mean, most, I, mm. that sounds awesome. <laughs> it does sound awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. And I would suppose that there would be a whole segment of the population that would say, well, that's not necessary anymore because we have blank, blankety blank and affirmative action and yada, 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 right? And I would say, well, we certainly haven't, we certainly haven't arrived, yeah, so. Something that's been striking to me the last few years with mother's focus is the tension between women who are mothers Well, I mean, then most of that poem could have applied to... Well, it does say women. women. It actually... Yeah. 
I think only one Our place. Sons. I think only one place says it say about sending your sons off to war. Right. I think every other place it talk it says women, okay. and the intention of it was women, not uh, yeah. not just mothers. Yeah. What's that? Well, I think it's an example of how we have continued to domesticate women. Um, that we stripped the very, like this thunderous and big thing, and we turned it into a domestic celebration. Well, then the, you mentioned, you know, people who aren't mothers, like, um, especially the ones who cannot. Like they feel like I, I don't know I feel like I, I you know I've heard this from several women now that you know their pastor will get on Sunday Mother's Day Sunday and be like there's no higher calling for a woman and like just go on and on and on about how important it is to be a mother and they're just sitting there going so I have no value like because I can't. Well, I also create, think it creates a sense of guilt if you are, if you as a mother happen to be a mother and you choose to work, like because then you're diminishing the choice that a woman has made in her life. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of I love. Sorry, I like totally cut it, but I absolutely love your point. What you brought up, like I wish like Mother's Day was Women's Day because I feel like being a mother is a slice of being. Not the whole intention of being a woman is to be a mother. Right. Yeah, I I also know like so I always feel I always feel guilty because we would get to know it and I would be like, so what do you want to do? And I'd be like, oh, let me have this <laughs> <laughs> and, and like and but like almost everybody else I know would be like having a, you know, a brunch or gathering their children all around them or doing whatever. And I'm like, well, this is a day for me. Then I just want I'm to out. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, because of how we celebrate Mother's Day, I always felt like super guilty about that. Like, oh, it's Mother's Day. So I should be like doing something with my child all day, you know, because it's Mother's Day. But. I had two years where I was at the show on Mother's Day and I was like, this is the best Mother's Day ever! <laughs> Everybody like call time to the half an hour! <laughs> So do you guys want to hear just a, a small, more smidgen of history of Mother's Day? Mm -hmm, yeah. So then this, this part in 1870 didn't quite get legs, right? It didn't take off, right? So then in 1907, a woman in, I believe, a Methodist church, yes. uh, Anna Reeves Janus, Jarvis, uh, started a Sunday school class that gathered women to do much of the protesting and stuff that, uh, that Hal had suggested. It started gaining a little bit more ground, I think within the Methodist church, maybe other places as well. But when she died, her daughter took it over. And listen to this. Jarvis's daughter? Jarvis's daughter. Okay. Jarvis's daughter, Anne. Okay. It says, uh, she built a network of women that formed Mother's Day organizations all across the nation 
that lobbied both Congress and the White House to establish a National Mother's Day. This is, so it's, this was all put together by women fighting to have their voices heard, to have equality, to fight against, and pacifism was a big part of this, to argue against war, all of this. And they built a system, to, organizations to lobby for this right. I doubt that they imagined that Mother's Day, National Mother's Day would be a hallmark type thing. Well, we know how we should celebrate next year. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. How? Arranging something that is more I, revolutionary than flowers and brunch. Um, we can also have flowers and brunch. What's that? Flowers and brunch. We're talking about. Yes. <laughs> where our meeting is held at 11 a.m. Actually, it would be great to have a brunch in that is everyone just calling their congressman. <laughs> Right? I agree. Well, I am all for that. However, the women in our community see fit for us to properly acknowledge the history of Mother's Day. I would be a huge fan of us doing that. So well, I would love to be like a voice that were to broadcast what it originally was. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to post Hal's, uh, report. okay, so Tana already posted Hal's statement, uh, and I would encourage you, I think one of the ways we can do it initially this year is to share that post and to share that and say that this is what we want to talk about, right? And this is what we should be thinking about on Mother's Day, in addition to the other things. Like, this is the hard part for me with communicating this, is that I don't want to dismiss the other pieces of Mother's Day because I think people feel valued and feel loved during that time. I also think, as Evelyn brought up, that there are women who have wanted to have children, who haven't been able to, or there's people that just aren't interested in having children. And to be reduced to not being worthy of celebrated is a shame and not the original intent or the heart of Mother's Day when it began. So um, any other thoughts? I think celebrating like that would be a beautiful way to connect a similarity of women together instead of categorizing them. You know what I mean? Like you have children, you don't. So like we're celebrating people with children. I think it celebrate, celebrates not only the diversity but the similarity. It's mm. important. You know, it's important to acknowledge that we have differences and to celebrate that. But it's also important to acknowledge that there is a part of us that is the same. Maybe next year we can have uh, Julia Ward Howe Day at church as opposed to Mother's Day service um, and acknowledge maybe some of the, the unbelievable powerfulness that exists within uh, our history and in our space right now. With flowers and brush. <laughs> uh, so, I, I had a couple passages here to kind of like uh, defend the Bible a little bit, um, because I think sometimes we have been fed quite a few lines about the Bible's view of women, 
that isn't as accurate as it could be. Um, and now it feels because of our, the way our conversation kind of happened, it doesn't feel right because I don't feel like we need to defend it. Um, I feel like we, we all kind of are on that same page. So um, I'm just going to open the floor for questions. And if we don't have any, then happy Mother's Day. You get out early. <laughs> just in time for brunch. Thank you, Tom Maha. And if we let out early, you're welcome to come to our house early too. I'll host. Tom doesn't have to. <laughs> I think kind of the reality is, I think it's my, I don't know if it's my assumption, but my observation that a lot of women and people kind of get this, but either <laughs> they get that. don't know how to express it or like feel almost uncomfortable with this thing. So, like, I was talking with my mom yesterday, they own an ice cream shop every Mother's Day. And how they say they give out a gift. And like I was talking about on Facebook posts and how you're doing it, she's, I said, you know, who's getting it? She's like, women. All women come in rather than mother not. And she said, you know, because one, I'm not going to ask them if, it, if they're a mom or not. They're coming by themselves because right. if you're getting ice cream by yourselves and maybe your mom, maybe you're upset because none of your kids are here, maybe you're not a mom and you're just. Right. eating a pint of ice cream because that's what she wanted to do in your sorrow or maybe you don't care but like that's how she wanted to celebrate so it's like it's mother's day but it's for everybody regardless and i think like i hear that from people and it's kind of like i'm celebrating this idea of mother's day but i want to celebrate it in a different way than brunch and flowers for people who are biological moms correct in this way that don't have anything to hurt because of lost children or you know whatever like i think that the problem is we just in society don't necessarily know how to express that in a lot of ways. Agreed. You know, um, I think that's it too. Yes, sir. Yes. You're so silly. You are so silly. I was just thinking that. Well, and I think this is where, for me, one of the things that has always been important to me as we've kind of started and attempted to have a community um, of faith is that I, I don't want to not have those conversations. Like, I'm tired of being in spaces where we don't have these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't want to placate. I want to, I want to think about bigger things. I want to think about and have discussions with people around more important things. Um, it's why we need to have conversations around race. We have to have conversations around gender. We have to have conversations around sexuality. We have to have conversations about all kinds of things that aren't just nods, but our genuine uh, desire to engage them. Uh, so I, I hope that we, we continue this process of doing this. Um, and I do like the idea, though I just kind of set it on a whim, uh, 
Um, Chris has a, a statement here. He says, what I cannot reconcile with the domestication of women is how they mold and teach every aspect of our lives, yet for some reason they cannot extend their ability to preach outside of the nest. I am sickened by patriarchy. Yeah, I, I, I did always find it the most ironic that the churches that tend to cling to that the most have the women in the early childhood classes, which is the most important cognitive time for a child to develop thought, ideas, concepts, and attitudes. So um, let me just put it this way. 40-year-old men are less likely to learn something from a sermon than four-year-olds, <laughs> right? So giving someone the power to sit in our Sunday school classes is kind of funny to me that we say, you can do that, but you can't teach here. Um, especially since most sermons come down to try harder, like I said earlier. Um, so. Any uh, any other thoughts? I think it's an interesting exercise to think about how this day would be celebrated had the proclamation stood as the proclamation. Oh, if it, the eighteen seventy would have would have caught yeah. on. Oof. Yeah. And um, so I love the idea of kind of exploring that and figuring out like what would it look like. You know, because, I mean, I think a lot of holidays are just, you know, you know, gift industries and card-making industries and yeah. everything have kind of pushed it to be like, oh, get them a present and then, yay, flowers, you know. Um, so, like, what does that look like then if we're celebrating? Julia Ward, how? how? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I don't even just mean that as like, oh, wow, that's interesting. We should, and next year we should just say like, oh, it's Julia Ward. Like, what would that, like, I think the process of working that out would be tough, but I'd be interested in it. Yeah. It seems to be a very active thing. It doesn't, yeah. You know, it's not, yeah. I don't think it's as simple as going, it's Julia Ward Howe Day. Right. Oh, she was great. Let us honor her. Right. Like, that's great to do. Right. And also, like, that's not even really honoring her. All you're doing is say anything. Right. Not from the poem that she wrote. Right. So what would it look like? Oh, so right. I don't know. I feel right. like, you know, yeah. Right. I like it. Like, with holidays throughout the year, we actually don't have a woman figure for national holidays. Mrs. Claus. <laughs> But she's supporting Sam. Are you assuming the Easter Bunny is male? Can I read a couple <laughs> quotes for you real quick? Yeah. Um, this first one is from the Reverend Dr. C. Welton Gaddy. Uh, and honestly, I am not certain whether uh, this reverend is a uh, male or a female. Um, says rapid growth in celebrations of Mother's Day did not occur until telephone companies and publicists for florists linked the day to their business services available for a certain amount of money. At that point, all American merchants joined the support for Mother's Day, seeing it a grand expansion of selling opportunities. But it is important that we remember that this special day began with social and political action to address the improvement of life for women, Telephone calls, boxes of candy and flowers are nice, but civic action to enhance the lives of women is an even greater contribution to mothers and other women now and in the future. Indeed, the lives of women around our world are at stake in our response to that memory and present summons. Uh, and then one more 
this is from a Christian historian, Diana Butler Bass or Bass. Um, she writes, happy radical Mother's Day. Before explaining that Mother's Day honors a progressive, feminist, inclusive, nonviolent vision for a world community born in the imagination of women who devoted themselves to God, but not Caesar. Just both are just very great quotes. Um, so. Any, uh, any last thoughts? If not, we will take prayer requests and wrap up. All right, I'm going to stop the recording. Should we sing first? Oh, that's right. We are singing. I forgot. We, we switched up. We're going to do some songs. So and actually, then we're, we're, we're right on time. <laughs> Psych, you're not getting out early. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>